I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. We got a great show for you today. We got a special guest that I'll introduce to you a little bit later, but first of all, we want to kick it off with a song called I'm Gonna Tell Her by Songtownian Claire Bunnick. I'm gonna tell her, I'm gonna tell her about you. I'm gonna tell her to help her make it through. You're gonna be the one I tell my daughter about when she's crying in a pillow, trying to figure out. What went wrong and why he's gone Living her first heartbreak song You're gonna be the one I tell my daughter about I'm gonna tell her your name I'm gonna tell about those summer nights And when September came I won't lie to her about the tears are getting over you took a lot of years She's gonna know she's not alone Trying to live this feeling now be the one I tell my daughter about I'm gonna tell her I'm gonna tell her She's gonna ask me if the hurt will go away And if it's okay to feel this much pain From falling in love and breaking up Wondering if she was enough I'm gonna tell her I'm gonna tell her Tell her your name I'm gonna tell about those summer nights And when September came I won't lie to her about the tears Are getting over you took a lot of years She's gonna know she's not alone Trying to live this feeling now you're gonna be the one I tell my daughter about I'm gonna tell her that she won't forget But one day she'll wanna smile again And it'll start to hurt a little less When I tell her your name I'm gonna tell her about those summer nights And when September came I won't lie to her about the tears are getting over you took a lot of years Gonna know she's not alone Trying to live this feeling now You're gonna be the one I tell my daughter about I'm gonna tell her I'm gonna tell her about you I'm gonna tell her To help her make it through Alright, I love that song. What a great message. Uh, we're going to go right into our interview, and I'll introduce our guest uh, at the top of that interview. We did have a few technical glitches where the sound kind of has, skips a little bit, and I apologize for that in advance, but I thought he had such great information that I didn't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. So hope you'll bear with us on that, and I hope you get a lot out of what Hunter has to say. Hey, everybody. we got a special guest in the studio today. we got Hunter Masters who has done some incredible online marketing things. Uh, you'll learn more about him as we talk to him, but uh, just to give you a little taste, he's managed $24 plus million in online advertising spend, generating over $143 plus million in revenue for clients. And before you ask, he no longer does client work, but he's here to share his knowledge with you. 
Um, he's built over 800,000 followers on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. He's filmed, edited, and produced over 500 videos totaling 100 million views and 20 million minutes of watch time, which is pretty incredible. So um, start off just telling us a little bit about your background in marketing and online and that kind of stuff. And then, then we'll get to what you're doing now and tips that can help people. Sure. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And love song town. Um, I started as an entrepreneur in 2007. Um, so 13 years ago, and we had a family furniture company that I built an online website to sell the furniture. But, you know, if you build it, they don't just come, that doesn't work anymore. So you have, you know, I learned, you have to get traffic. It's what it's called, get traffic online. And so, um, you know, we had $500 and it was sink or swim. So I bought a book called Ultimate Guide to Google AdWords and learned some of that was uh, online advertising. And from there, helped turn that business around. And then other people started reaching out to me and consulting a client or managing accounts for other people did that for a long time and uh, while I was doing that I was building a fitness channel that I had called Sparta Strength on YouTube which I don't really do much with anymore but that taught me a lot of marketing and promotion and video creation and then I created uh, I learned I moved to Colorado between that time and I learned how to dance and I was like oh this is really fun and so I made a dance channel called Show Her Off because the secret to dance is the guys you know you show her off make her look good so um, and that kind of really took off, um, both on Instagram and Facebook. And, um, so I've been using paid traffic and marketing to help supplement, uh, and learn quickly with, with all those, those brands. Awesome. You, so you, you've done it over different types of things, which is cool too. Not, not mm -hmm. just in one area. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how. You know, let's say you're a songwriter and you and you've got or an artist and you, you've got a song you put out there and like you said you can't just put it out there and all of a sudden millions of people find it. Where do you start getting people to notice your your music? How do you get your music in places where it can be heard? Yeah, um, so I'm kind of going through some of that right now. As far as you know, I've started a, a YouTube channel for for singing and. Um, so I'm just now going through, okay, how do we take this marketing to, and apply it to music? Cause um, there are some different strategies and part of it depends on, I guess, if you're the artist and or just the, the songwriter. Um, but the, the, the easiest and fastest ways, and there are other ways that we can talk about, but the easiest and fastest way is um, paid traffic, meaning online advertising. So Facebook, and Google. Um, so Facebook owns Instagram. So Facebook and Instagram, and then YouTube and Google, you can run ads there. You can do ads on Spotify, but I don't think that's really worth it. Um, but those are kind of the, the two big players. And before you get freaked out and think, oh, no, I don't, you know, I don't have thousands of dollars to spend on advertising. The nice thing with online advertising is you can spend $5 a day. You know, you don't, you can, you get to set the budget. So you don't have to spend a lot of money. Um, and the targeting is, is really, really awesome. Just kind of the level of detail. Of if you know who your fans are, uh, or if you know other artists that they like, or if you have a sad song about, 
well, I don't think you can target someone recently divorced, but you can uh, maybe recently single, but you, you can target songs based on their life, you know, what kind of life stage they're in. Um, so that's the, the nitty gritty, like easiest, fastest way to get your music heard. And as long as you have the stomach for it, you can see the analytics, you know, like if you're running a YouTube video ad, which I'm doing now for some of my songs, I can see how long people watch. So that lets me know, like, if they're either A, if I'm, my targeting's good, or B, if the song, you know, if people are resonating with the music or not. And how do you, to talk a little bit more about how you target those people or find, find those target audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so like with YouTube, for example, um, I'm targeting uh, right now, just other people who like country music. So YouTube has uh, Google, YouTube, Google, when I say those terms, just think of them interchangeably, but they have tons of different targeting options. Uh, so if I'm 18 to 35, you can set, you know, age range. And if they like, um, if they just have an affinity for country music, that's kind of the, the easiest or laziest way to do it. Cause you're telling Google, just tell me, pick people who like country music based on what they're doing. You could get more specific and say, Hey, YouTube run my music video as an ad over top of all these other music videos. And you could like list out the exact ones. Um, and it would just be specific to that. The other thing that's kind of interesting or what I'm testing now is um, you can also select the device. So what I'm doing is running it as on YouTube, but only on TV. Because when I watch, like I watch a lot of YouTube music videos, but usually when I'm on like on Xbox and just chilling and watching it on the TV. Um, and so I'm trying to think, because as a marketer, we want to think, try and capture people when they're like in the mood to listen to music. You know, if your ad comes up before um, like a how-to video, they're trying to research how to fix their car headlight and they're on their phone, like it's, they're probably just going to skip it. Not anything with your song, but just because they're not in the context of like trying to listen to music right there, you know? Um, so there's the targeting of the person and then there's also targeting of the content of like what they're doing in the device. And you can kind of like Venn diagram those and test and see which one gets a better response. Again, that's what's nice is because when you're spending the money, you can see how many views you got, the cost per view, how long do they subscribe to your channel? Do they watch additional views? So it's not, it's not money necessarily just gone. It's giving you data that you can then um, optimize and, and, uh, make better decisions on. That's amazing. I didn't know that it had that level of um, depth you could go down. So, oh, yeah. And like, you know, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, and like another layer you can go down, which I can't, cause I, you know, I just started singing or my channel and I've only got two songs and not a lot of content yet. Cause I'm testing stuff. But if, if you're an artist or a songwriter with like a lot of songs, once they watch one of your videos, you can then uh, Google can put them in a, a bucket and say, OK, here's all the people who've watched your your one video and you can run ads to them of all your other songs. So now it just follows them around. It doesn't really matter what they're watching. You've seen this. That's called remarketing. And I'm sure you've seen it. You're shopping for a new pair of boots or a guitar and suddenly it's magically following you everywhere you go on the Internet. Well, you can do that with your music. Obviously, there's a balance. You don't want to, like, annoy the crap out of someone. but um, you can set it up so that it's tastefully 
they're, it's staying top of mind because that's something today too. Like people are busy and like they hear your song once. I mean, I'm sorry. They probably, it's not going to necessarily stick with them. You know, it doesn't matter how good it is. Like you want to kind of hit them multiple times and, and, you know, don't cross that barrier of making them angry, but one time is usually not enough. Right. So where, like if, if there's a songwriter, let's say who's got, three or four songs out on uh, on artists uh, that are independent artists, where would, where would you recommend that they start as far as doing some of this stuff? Would that be on YouTube or Facebook, Instagram? Hmm. Yeah. See the challenge with the song, like I'm just thinking through, I'm going to talk out loud as I think through, because the challenge with the songwriter potentially is like, if they're running ads for their song, they're essentially building the brand of the artist. So I would try to have a discussion, you know, this is where as a songwriter, if you become decent at ads, which is probably gonna be better than most artists. So like you, you, you can trump any of them. That's something you can bring to the table and say, hey, look, we can also promote this song. We'll each put in a hundred dollars a month or whatever the budget is, because that way you're getting attention to your song and they should wanna do it because it's, you know, their song too and they want attention to it and it helps build their brand as an artist and so it's more of a win-win versus a songwriter going and promoting a song of an artist out of pocket by himself like i mean you could do it but it's like there's no real end game for you because most people aren't like looking at the you know who the songwriter is in terms of following them or anything like that so that would be probably one angle i would take um the other angle i would take as a songwriter if there's a song that um you know, I was trying to promote an artist, like, I guess you have to talk about the artist with this, but like, I would try to find content like Instagram pages or YouTube. I don't know so much YouTube, but any kind of content where you can reach out to the content creator influencer and say, Hey, like, here's a song I think would fit some of the videos that you make, like, feel free to use it. Just tag us in the, in the song. Um, and if the influencer has 10,000 or 50,000 or hundred thousand followers, like now your music is going out to those followers, um, potentially for free. And that was something I did when I was with show her off. Cause I have like that brand has like 800,000 followers and it's dancing. And so I always needed music, um, to, to put on the clips. Now, Facebook offers us free music. So I was using some of that, but I've had artists reach out to me and say, Hey, here's a song country song like feel free to use it on one of your dance clips and i'm like oh great that makes it easy so i just drop it in i tag them and now i've got good music with with the good dancing videos so that would be another tactic yeah one of the things that that i've been working with several songwriters on is getting involved with the artist to the extent that they are saying well you know what let's share the master of the song to give me more incentive to promote it for you. And then let's share, you know, let's share in promotion of it as well and do some of this, you know, this kind of stuff. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, where would you recommend? So let's say we have a, a songwriter that comes to you and says, you know, I want to just start increasing my following as a songwriter on social media. What should I do to begin? Um, well, I would not to be discouraging, but I would, I would say, do you, you know, do you really want to, are you ready to to put in the work or go all in? Because it's very similar to what, 
you guys shared in your S Factor class of like, you don't just write one song, your first song, and then you're like this great songwriter, you know, and, and as a someone trying to build a social media following, you don't just make one post and then you've got a following like it. Ha you, you have to consistently post. You don't have to post every day, but you do have to do, be consistent. And on top of that, it has you have to have a hook, just like with songs. You have to have a hook for your brand, which is like, why am I going to follow this this guy or this girl? Um, and so it has to be entertaining in some capacity. And it doesn't mean funny, haha, but there has to be a reason um, for them to follow you. And um, you know, like teaching songwriting, just for example, like if you were doing that, that could build somewhat of a following, but then you have a bunch of songwriters who are your fans and not necessarily people who are listening to your music, right? So, so you don't really want that audience um, if the goal is to, to promote your music. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't know if I would, I mean, if you have some ideas or examples, you know, different angles, let me know. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm having a tough time thinking of like how it would be worth um, trying to build a big following as a song writer. Like, I guess it's like, what's the goal of the songwriter? Is it to write with bigger artists? Is it to get your music heard more? Because if it's to get your music heard more, then it's like, well, are all, are all of your songs that you write similar enough that this, if you build one audience, they're going to like those songs. Cause if you have a song for like, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Carrie Underwood and a song for Kenny Chesney and all these other big names, or even, you know, someone who likes Carrie Underwood may not necessarily like Ken Kenny Chesney and it doesn't really matter to them that you wrote the song. So does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what it, so, I guess maybe a better way to ask the question would be, I think a lot of songwriters are very intimidated and like, I don't know where to begin um, in, mm. in having an online presence. And, and in some ways, you know, I think probably Instagram is sort of the, your calling card, you know, I mean that a, a lot yeah. of people may see that and go, Oh, this person had this song on this, you know, they, they've got some activity with their music. So I think a lot of it is to create the impression um, just that they have things going on, that they're, you know, that they're um, having successes as okay. a songwriter and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. That, I mean, in that case, and that was helpful. Thank you. So, yeah, I think in that case, like you said, I would use Instagram and just think of it as your, your brochure. And so when you, you know, don't really worry too much about followers, um, but you're, in that case, you, you more want to have a clean looking Instagram so that if, you know, a publisher or an artist or whatever is just checking you out, they can see, hey, this person's active and they can quickly see like, oh, they wrote these songs or uh, they've done this thing. So I would post photos and maybe little clips about your, you know, music successes and kind of what you've learned and, and things like that. Awesome. What about, because um, you and I talked the, the other day a little bit about um, lyric videos how can mm -hmm. those, how are those beneficial to artists um, and songwriters if they are yeah i would say i mean so i made the lyric videos for my first two songs just because it was the easiest way to get the, the videos done right i've already sung it i've already recorded it 
and I want to do a music video, but it's like, there's a lot more production to that. Um, and so I was like, well, lyric videos, easy for me to make and then start running, running ads too. Um, so I guess the, the benefit is just, it's, it's lean, you know, it's fast. Um, you can also, I think when I was researching, you can pay other people to do it for a hundred, 200 bucks. So, um, it's a quick way to get content, content made. Um, and then once you have that content made, then you can promote it, uh, via, via ads. And so your YouTube ads for your song, what, what does that look like? Um, right now it's, it's just, it just plays right into the, uh, right into the, the lyric video. So when someone Um, goes to the video they're looking for that, you've got the ad on, it just starts your song and does it play the entire video if they, if they sit there and watch it or does it stop at some point? Uh, it plays the whole video if they watch it. So mine again, will be just on the TV and it'll play the whole video unless they skip. And the way YouTube ads work, if they skip in the first five seconds and don't click on the uh, ad, then you don't get charged. So it's free five seconds, but it also highlights the importance of the first five seconds of that clip. Um, now, as I kind of get more content and make music videos, I will start chopping up sections of the song and start and run ads of just maybe going right into the hook, you know, cause that way they hear it right away, especially if it's like really hooky, you know, you could run just that part of your song and then people are like, ah, what is this? I gotta go find it or whatever. And um, it allows you to just kind of test the different, different content pieces. And, you know, you, if you, if you could do it fast enough and it's easier, if there's a song that you're really torn about, like whether to sing this chorus or this chorus, and you guys are trying to figure it out, uh, you can make an ad of both courses and run them against each other and see which one gets better metrics and you know not tons of people will see it so it's kind of secret you know it's a secret way to split test the song almost and advertising we're very much about split testing because one headline versus another headline can make a huge difference and you never know i mean you may have a sense and you know i have a sense after doing it for a while but i still know that i will never ever know for sure which one's going to do better so we just put it out there and let the market decide be a fun way to write a song. You could just see which first line they like better and then which mm-hmm. second that line they like better and just, you know, just keep mm-hmm. going like that. Kind of Frankenstein it together. <laughs> That's right. I wonder if that would work. Um, yeah. So let me look at my list of questions for you. What, you know, I have questions all the time from Songtown members about should I pay to build an audience? and to, to bump my numbers up. What do you think about that? Well, I think it comes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier about what is your end goal with that audience? Because um, like for Show Her Off and even Sparta Strength, like I paid to help accelerate the growth of those brands um, because I just wanted more people to see my content. Now, um, paying is not going to just, you know, if you, if you don't have good content and you're just paying money, it's, it's not going to grow your your brand. So you still have to have good stuff. Um, but it is an accelerant and we are in this day and age, you know, the currency is attention, you know, people's attention. That is basically what is monetized. And that is what everybody around everywhere is trying to capture. And that means organic reach, which is like, 
if you post to Facebook or Instagram just on your own account, it doesn't get pushed out to that many people because Facebook and Instagram and everybody else wants to make you pay. And it's, it's kind of going that way, even on YouTube too, like unless you are the cream of the crop creator and whatever your little niche is, it, it's a very long road and a hard grind to like organically build your audience. So it doesn't mean like, like you shouldn't necessarily try, but just know that, just have that expectation. Again, you still have to have good content, but it can help you, you know, build a following faster. Um, now to your question about, you know, should they build a, a big audience? Um, yeah, I guess, you know, what you would have to think about is what is your, what is the tent of the audience? Um, Cause it's, it's going to be built around something. Um, so bu building it around you as a songwriter is fine, but it's like, why do you want to build that audience? Like, is it because you want more artists, your bigger artists to sing with, or you want more people just listen to all your songs? Like that's going to dictate like who you're trying to get to, to follow you. Um, and also your content strategy, like what you're posting and then also your, your paid promotion strategy too. So, um, oh, that's great. Yeah. Depending on that answer is, is kind of whether or not it's, it's worth investing in because it is, you know, it takes a lot of work and it takes time. I'll give you, I'll kind of give you an example that shows you where I'm coming from on it. There, there was a time in my career when I was really had more going on than I'd ever had going on. I just had a number one with Joe Cocker, which was kind of a career highlight, had a bunch of other cool stuff going on. And I ran into my BMI rep and he said, man, where have you been? I thought you dropped off the face of the earth. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know? And I'm, so he, he said, I follow your socials and I just don't see anything about music, you know? And, and it highlighted to me, the importance of that. So I started being really diligent and regular about posting things that are happening with my music and updates and all that kind of stuff. And the next time I saw that guy, he said, man, you're on fire. And, and there was no difference other than I was letting people know, you know? And so I, I think the, right. um, a lot of songwriters know that they have some sort of uh, maybe there's publishers that follow them. Uh, maybe there's other songwriters that follow them that, would want to work with them if, if they see that, wow, there's a lot of activity going on with this writer. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that speaks back to the case about using your Instagram or whatever as a, you know, brochure and almost a work, work portfolio, but that you don't necessarily have to promote or try to build a following aside from organic contacts you mean but you just want to be actively posting maybe once a week once every other week so that yeah they don't think that you just dropped off the the face of the earth mm -hmm. or like i do post my dinner from the night before i need to work on that um we, <laughs> yeah. we have a actually have a studio audience today and we have a question um the question was if you don't work with clients anymore do you have anyone or types of people that you recommend and how do you weed out the scam companies? Yeah, so that's tough. So in terms of basically, you know, what I'm taking that is like hiring someone to do this for you or do some marketing for you. And I just from 
you know, now that I've kind of dived in, diving into the music industry and, and I see kind of the ads coming to me about marketing my stuff and everything, like I can see it's, yeah, there are a lot of people who are claiming to help. Um, I mean, the, the best way to weed out is a, just obviously use your gut in terms of any crazy promises or anything like that. But I would try to look at case history, you know, do they have any clients that they've helped? Um, what exactly did they help? And you as an artist or who, someone who's going to hire them have to be very clear and get clear on them is like, what are the metrics? You know, with online, there are tons of metrics. So you just need to pick which metrics it is you want to see increase. Is it, you know, YouTube subscribers or number of views or this or that? None of those are necessarily better than the other. It's just going to depend on your strategy. Um, but I would be, I would have a clear discussion about that and then use that to audit like, okay, have I hired this guy for a month? Have my YouTube subscribers gone up? Like, let's see, because you should be able to see progress right away. It's nothing to million, but if they're going down, then it's like, ah, okay, something's not working here and you're out. Um, but that's, that's kind of what I would be, be taking a look at. Yeah. I think it's super important to check up on people you work with. I've made that mistake of not doing that a couple of mm -hmm. times and uh, did not work out yeah. well. Well, is there anything of yours that we need to be looking <laughs> out for? Like, uh, tell us about your song you've got out and uh, a little bit more about show her off and anything else you want to talk about. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, so I've got, you know, Hunter masters music is kind of my YouTube channel and I've got two songs out now, bright light and, and world we live in so i'm um, excited about those uh, i think i put bright light out at the end of september and youtube has i think like 375,000 views and uh, i think 180 some streams 180,000 streams on spotify which you know i know small numbers but you got to start somewhere so it's like just just get it out and get going and um i think you know this first quarter was just testing for me and i think I'm going to focus on YouTube, um, you know, not so much Facebook and Instagram for singing and, and give that a shot and we'll see how it goes. And yeah, if you uh, want to learn how to dance in the comfort of your own home, I have a brand called Show Her Off to Teach Couples How to Dance, uh, swing dancing to any music um, right in their living room. And it's a fun way to connect with your partner and also have the confidence that, you know, next time you're at a wedding, well, we can go or anywhere where there's music you guys can be uh, tearing it up on the dance floor. My wife and I have used those on our home uh, date nights, which has been great. It was a big hit. Nice. Well, thank nice. you for being here with us and for all the great information. Absolutely. Appreciate, very, appreciate it very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that and you got some good information about promoting your music online. Uh, we're going to end with a song, but before that, I want to give you a quick melody tip from the Melody Lab with Clay Mills. So here's that, and then we'll follow it with a song uh, that's called Photograph that was written by Sarah Davis, Joey Ebach, and Rylan Fisher. Thanks for joining us. I uh, hope to see you next episode. Please follow, subscribe, rate us. Hopefully you rate us well. But uh, all that helps us out uh, in promoting the podcast. So special thanks to American Songwriter Podcast Network. And here we go with a tip from Clay and then a song. Thanks, Marty. Today's Music Lab Pro Tip is all about contrast. 
You know, a lot of times I hear a great melody and a verse followed by a chorus that really doesn't have enough melodic contrast. And this really takes away from the emotional impact of a chorus. Meaning when the song gets to the chorus, maybe the notes are different, but rhythmically an easy trap to fall into is making your chorus rhythm pattern too similar to your verse rhythm pattern. Let me show you what I mean. So let's make up a little melody. I'll just sing some dummy words for now. If you wanna go forever, wanna take a next level, wanna da 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 Tell me want to lock it down. So that's a very similar rhythm all the way through that verse. Da, 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 da. The mistake you're trying to avoid is taking the melody notes somewhere different in the chorus, but forgetting to change the rhythm pattern of those notes. For example, Okay, so the higher notes give you a little more excitement, but you're not getting the full benefit of what you could pull out of that emotion if you just go to a different rhythm in the chorus altogether and you get off of that pop 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 pop. So if your verse is down in that range of lock it down. Gotta be from Tell me what you want, tell me what you want, let us Okay, that goes in a whole different rhythmic direction. Da 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 gives you contrast and it's going to allow your chorus to have a lot more punch when you get there. And an additional benefit is that you're not going to bore your listener because each section of your song all the way through will have a different feel. We'll talk about more tips in upcoming episodes. Back to Marty. All right, thanks for stopping by, everybody. Here's a song photograph to end the show. I found it in the bottom of a beat of cardboard shoebox. One of them things you don't want to look at every day, but can't bring yourself to throw away. Scratched a faded Polaroid Saying a thousand words That I never had the nerve to say Cause I was young and dumb And I knew everything You were thinking of my future And I was thinking of myself You wore your heart on your sleeve And I hung mine on a shelf Like a photograph Smile on three Making a scene
the kind you want to save. Hope you find that happy ending, the kind you want to hang. Instead of this photograph, smile on three, make it a scene like we were gonna last. But you loved me, and I couldn't love you back. Let you keep on falling, I should've let you move on, but I can't stop it. Wish I could stand beside and say, you deserve better than that. Yeah. Photograph